Gutavach, today's daf is daf Ayim base. page 72, in the Hidikim Masechus Bava Kamo. And we are four lines from the top of daf Ayim Beis, Amud Aleph. Here we go. Mishnah said, Hashaychit v'nimtzeh t'chefa. You steal an animal, not you, but Yankel stole the animal. Blame Yankel for everything. And he shechts it, and it turns out the animal's a trefa. Does he pay Dalit Vahey? Yeah, he does. That's what we pass in, in our Mishnah. Okay. Now, right after that halacha of the Mishnah, the Mishnah told us another halacha, which is a person who shechts chulin ba'azar. If you take an animal which is non-holy, and you shecht it in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, so now it's not allowed to be eaten either, still you're going to pay Dalit Vahey. Which means, either way, whether it's a trefa, whether it's inappropriate slaughtering. It's not about whether you're not you eat it. It's about whether or not you slaughtered it. You're going to pay Dalabe. Zokti Gumar. Rav Chabibi mi Chuzno'o liRavashi. Chabibi from Chuzno'o asked a question from Ravashi. Yishmami no in We learn out from the halach of the Mishnah that Shechita takes place at the end of the slaughtering and not in the beginning. Okay. Why? Because we're going to assume that it belonged to the owner throughout the time that it's being uh, that it's being slaughtered, and if you'd lose the ownership, it might come about at the beginning. Why? So he explains. He explains why he's coming on to say this. If you're going to say that the slaughtering goes from the beginning until the end, that it's the entire act of shechita. Once you make a little nick in the neck. The halacha is asra. It's forbidden to benefit. It's already considered shechita in the azara. The moment the shechita begins, okay, idach loy And therefore, when he keeps going through the shechita, he's already um, it's already it's already a problem. Meaning, it's no longer the owners to pay dalid vehe. So, like this, same as we did yesterday. Let's let's break this down. It's not that complicated. It's coming across. Here we go. You begin a shechita. What did that do? Is it now kosher? No. You continue the shechita. Is it now kosher? No. You finish the shechita. Is it now kosher? Yeah. I mean, however much shechita needed to be done. There's a, there's a minimum amount that needs to be shechted. Okay? Now, in order for it to be kosher, you need to cut a majority of the... Uh, trachea and the esophagus. All right. So says Rev Chavivi from Chuzna to Rev Ashi, you should know slaughtering must only be called slaughtering at the final moment of the cut, because if it would go from beginning to end, as soon as the ganav cuts a little bit, it's now immediately going to be usher to benefit from, because in Chulam Bazara, the moment the the cut starts. It's now forbidden to, for, to benefit. But is it a kosher shechita? No. So now I'm already at a stage where I can't benefit, but it's not a kosher shechita. So again, idach, the remainder of the slaughtering, it is not considered the owners anymore because it's already forbidden to benefit. It has no value anymore. So why would you pay him? Why would you pay him four or five times the amount? That's his assumption. No. 
maybe you're chayav dalavhei on the initial cut. Who says you're chayav dalavhei on the on the completion of a slaughtering? Maybe the Torah obligates you and dalavhei on the beginning of the slaughtering. Ravashi says one second. That's not possible. Don't don't push me off like that because it says utvachai. The person steals an animal utvachai and shechts it. That means it's called a shechita. Kulai bi'inon. That means I did a, a complete shechita. Velaka. And you didn't do it. So that's not a possibility. Says the Gemara. Okay. To Elikasha. So now we have a... So uh, we, we got a question. Yeah. Why? Because we have two different stages. He says, don't, don't push off my, my proof. I have a proof. So... Um, uh, so what are we going to do with this? Answers the Gemara Amar Lei Hachi Amar Rav Gam Domeshvei the Rav This Rav says name Rav Goyin Sheshocha Mixasimana Bechutz Vegam Rav Bifneim Givalt. I'll tell you the case, man. We got to be pushing to a corner for this one. I'll tell you the case. You started the shechita in the Azara, but you ended the shechita. I'm sorry. You started the shechita outside the Azara, but the completion of it was inside the courtyard. Of the base maker. So when you started, it wasn't chulin in the azara. So it wasn't forbidden to benefit yet. Only when you completed it did it become forbidden to benefit. And that's why you're going to pay dollar for hate to the pay four for because it was his all along until the last possible moment it was uh, it was permitted to benefit from. Those who learned the conversation a little bit differently. You should know Shechita goes by the end. No, Shechita uh, is considered a slaughtering from beginning to end. You understand what it means from beginning to end? Right? In other words, when you look at something, let me just, just clarify what this is. When you look at a project, do you only look at the, the final project? You look at every stage that went into it. So Shechita, you, it, it takes a while to, a while, I mean, it's a second, but it, it, it takes Space to be able to cut the majority of the trach in the esophagus. So, what's called slaughtering is slaughtering the entirety of what's needed to get to the majority, and that whole thing is called a shechita, or a shechita called when the majority is cut. Now it's called a slaughtering. Understand? And it says in the Torah that you pay the dollar day when you slaughter it. So, the earlier parts, right? The earlier parts is that called slaughtering. So, over here we say utvachay means no. It's the completion. Of, uh, of the slaughtering. So Gemara here says Machlaikas. Yeah, Machlaikas says, Rabbi Shimon says, what, what, when is it called Shechita? When, when it's a kosher Shechita, when it's a kosher slaughtering. Rabbi Yechonin says, no. It's called the Shechita throughout the entire process of the, of the knife moving. Okay? Um, I just want to explain that practically speaking, you say, what's the Nafkamina? It's probably the difference. It's a, a number of very practical Nafkaminas. Okay? Um, we know that, for example, the, the main one is when it comes to the base Hamikdash, an animal that's brought as a carbon needs kavana. It needs to the the kayan needs to have the right intentions, or whoever's slaughtering it. If you have the wrong intentions, it could mamish passel up the whole carbon. If you have, if you say that the entire thing is called a slaughtering, so any improper thought the moment you start is a problem. But if you only hold that it's called a slaughtering when you're done, even if you have improper thoughts in the beginning, as long as you were okay at the end, you're good to go. Okay? So it's a, there's a number of nafkaminas over here. It says the says there is shechita from beginning to end. Let's say he holds that an animal, that a chulin, a non-holy animal, that shechted in the base of Mikdash is not a biblical problem. Why? Top of Amud Beis. If you're going to tell me that Rav holds 
it is a biblical problem. As soon as a little bit of shechita was done, it should become usher to benefit from, and therefore idach the remainder of the shechita lav demarakatavach. He's not slaughtering the original owners. It's not. It's it's pasha doesn't own. It's not owned by the original owner anymore because it. It doesn't have any value. Only Ravacha bade the Rava. Ravacha says Rava says no. Kika mechayev nami ahuporta. Again, maybe we're were we obligating him on the original amount and on that again says Gemara. Only Ravashi, don't tell me you're chayev dalav hey on the original cut because like titchi, don't push me off like that because it says utvachay. It was a kosher shechita, kula bina malaka, entire shechita, not kosher necessarily that you can eat it, but an entirety of the shechita. So you see, in order to be obligated on dalav hey, you need an entire slaughtering, not just the start of a slaughtering elakasha. Says so more okay, so we got a problem. So he says back to him. Explains. So says Rav Gamda in the name of Rav Akikam Mechayev. When are we? When do we obligate? Chulin being shechted in the Azara. You started outside and moved on inside. Same answer we gave before, but now we're doing it in the Lishna Basra with a new way to uh, just a, a different way that they approached the conversation. Okay. Here we go. New Mishnah. We're going back actually to the prior Mishnah, which started us out, and then we went on uh, a number of other topics. But the prior Mishnah described whether or not we need that the testimony of the animal being stolen and the testimony of the animal being shechted or sold need to be through the same witnesses, different witnesses, whether it could be one and one. Here we go. Continuing on. Somebody steals and there's two witnesses to that. And then somebody shechs or sells that animal with the same witnesses. These two animal, these two witnesses are found to be zaymin. That Allah is mishalman They need to pay dalid vehei. Okay, what's this halacha? This gavaldiks. Let's let's learn this again. What are edim zumimin? Edim means witnesses. Zumimin is on Zoom. The joke was when the Israeli courts opened up, they were accepting testimony over Zoom. All the Edom were called Edom Zumamen. That was the uh, yeshivish joke at the time when, uh, when the, the courts were allowing such things. But what's an Edom So here we go. Let's get a little practical over here in, uh, and, and tell over a story. So here's the story. I'm going to make up a story. Let's go across, uh, the, go across the screen with the Hebra on Zoom. All right, so I got Rav Gershon Simcha to my right, and I got Yale to the right of him. So we're going to go like this. Gershon Simcha and Rav Yale come into court, and they say that I shechted, I stole an animal and shechted and sold it. Your testimony would obligate me to pay four or five times the amount. Let's keep moving along. Comes along Rabbi Ravinsky, and next to him I got Rav Duvid. They come to court, and they say... No way you could testify about Tendler stealing and shechting the animal because Imanu Hayisim, you were with us at that time. You claim you saw Tendler. You guys are with us in Chicago. You said it happened that I did this in St. Louis. Well, though, you're, we were together at a business meeting. You can't testify. So the halacha is like this. In the Torah, under those circumstances, Reb Gershon Simcha and Reb would be obligated in court to pay me Whatever you tried obligating me in. So since you tried obligating me, since you were going to be witnesses on the theft and on the slaughtering and stealing, so you're going to have to pay me 
four for a sheep, five for an ox. Okay? That's, the, uh, that's, that's what it means, Mishal min hakol. That you're going to have to pay the full four times the amount. Next, keep going. Ganav al What if I actually did steal, according to two witnesses? And Reb Gesher Simcha and Reb Yel were right that I stole. V'tavachu machar al pishlayim achir. And then, uh, let's keep moving along. So we have, we're back to Rabbi Ravinsky and Reb David. They say, I, they, they saw me shecht or sell the animal. So two testified about my theft, and the other two testified that I sh- that I uh, shechted or sold it. Now, elu ve'elu, all four of you were found to be not true. Why? Because we're going to keep moving along on the screen. We've got Reb Jim and Reb Jonathan. They come and they say, one second, all four of you are wrong, because you're claiming it happened in St. Louis. Well, all four of you are with us in Chicago on a business trip at that time that you're claiming Tumblr did all these things. Okay. The halacha is... Harishainim, the first set of witnesses, Misham Tashumi Kefa, the ones who testified that I stole are going to have to pay back, are going to have to pay me double. The Achrainim and the second two groups, Misham and Tashumi Shleisha, are going to pay uh, the additional four or five times the amount because they, you, Rabbi Ravinsky and Erdov, are coming to obligate an additional two or three times. So the first two payments go to the first set and the remaining payments go to the second set. Now, what happens in Nimtsu Achrainim Zaymim? What happens if Reb Jim and Reb Jonathan come along and they don't claim that the first set was with them in Chicago, they only claim that Rabbi Ravinsky and Reb David, the ones that said I shechted and sold it, they only claim they were with them in Chicago, then, who mishalim tashlume kefel? Vehein mishalim tashlume gim. See, he's going to pay double and they're going to pay three. The first Adam are going are gonna to be obligated now to, to pay me but the second, I'm sorry, the, the, yeah, the second ones are going to be obligated to pay that uh, double amount. But not the first ones, because the first ones weren't busted up. Okay? So far, so good. Even though they said the same things. Huh? Even though they said the same things, just the two witnesses, the second two witnesses were caught. Correct. But the, the first two witnesses said the same things. The second witnesses, they, they just No, caught. the first witnesses said I stole. The second witnesses said I shechted and sold it. So the ones who said I shechted and sold it are going to be, they're going to have to make that payment. The first guys are not going to have to make that payment. Yeah, Rebbe, go ahead. Yeah. To do to them what they wanted to do. Yeah. The second set of Edim that said they're trying to get you to have to pay four or five times. An additional, an additional, right, an additional two or three times. But what they're tr- their action is trying to get you to pay four or five. So to do to them what they wanted to do to you is they should have to pay four or five. Why are they? I, I understand that the two or the three, depending whether it's a set or sure, is to complete the four or five. Yeah. You have two sets of Adam here. One is saying you stole. The second set is saying you killed it or sold it. That second set is trying, the first set's trying to get you to pay Kefal. The second set is trying to get you to pay Dalad Vahey. Yeah. So they, the second set should have to pay Dalad Vahey. Paying two or three is not Vasi Samogachir Zom. It is, because even though the term is a Dalad Vahey term, their words are not obligating four or five times the amount. Their words are only obligating two or three times. Because I already, I already had a previous obligation. 
right? I hear. Now, if you look at the term, the term is four or five. But the Misa, practically, their, their words are only adding on two or three payments. Of the, okay. of the first witness. From the original witnesses, right. So, that's not, so, so therefore, it's not on them. What happens? One from the second group is caught. Now the whole second one is out the window. <clears throat> and you're just left with the first. If one of the first witnesses are found to be Zaymim, the entire first witness testimony is out the window. And what does that, what does that mean as well? Even the second ones are out the window. I'll tell you why. Because the moment one of the first ones are busted, the second guy's going to come ahead and say, We saw him shecht and sell it. You know what we're going to say to them? Yeah, so what? It was his. We don't know that he stole it. So you don't know that he stole it. He, but we saw him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if he didn't steal it, <laughs> there's, no, there's no obligation whatsoever. There's no stealing. There's no shechting. There's no selling it. We learned Eid Zaymeim. Somebody's found to be an Eid Zaymeim. Abai Yom Rabai says, who is a fascinating, fascinating thing. If you're busted as an Eid Zaymeim, this means retroactively, lemafreya, you become, um, you become puzzle. Become puzzle. You, you lose your status. Listen to this. Listen to this. Simple. Well, let, let's just get to Rav. Rav says, from here on forth, he becomes puzzle. So simple case. Here we go. Let's, let's deal with uh, Yaakov, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Hudi, Sachar, Zavol. Let's here we go. <coughs> Reuven and Shimon, they come along and they say, Yaakov stole in St. Louis on Matzi Shabbos, Parshas Vaira. All right? Okay, right now we should listen to them. All right. Then, then, two days later, Reuven and Shimon walk at the court and they say, Beryl stole Sunday. Parsha's by The next day. Comes Wednesday. A second group, two more witnesses come, and they say, oh, by the way, Yankel and Beryl, you know, they claimed, uh, Reuben and Shimon claimed that Yaakov stole Bati Shabbos. They were, they were with us at Avazabana in a different city. No shaykhs, there's no way they, they're at Zem. Here's the question. Do we cancel out their Monday testimony? Because on Wednesday we found out that on Matzi Shabbos they were already liars. And once you're at Eid you lose your status of being, uh, of, of uh, integrity. We don't accept your testimony. Or do we say, no, it's only from Wednesday and on 4th do we not accept you as a witness. Does it go by your original testimony, which is Lamafrea, retroactive, you lose all namanas, which means your Monday testimony about the other guy is, is uh, out the window. Or do we say it's only Mikanu Lahaba? Okay, so here we go. The moment you testify, you became a Russia. So we don't trust you. Even if on Monday you're not busted up, it doesn't matter. We're, you're out the window. Russia is not a wicked person. Cannot be a witness. It's only from here on forth that you become a problem. itself is a The whole idea is fascinating. Two witnesses say something. Two other witnesses say no. You know you didn't. Why do we listen to the second two before the first two? Usually we don't. Usually we'll just say it's tre tre. Two against two. 
You know, yeah, yeah, so you have a two-on-two, you got a basketball game, and who's you have a tie? I don't know, just fi- figure this out. It's a, it's a chiddush in the Torah that when the second group says, you are with us, we're not complaining in this place, and they get all specific, what they're technically doing is uprooting the whole ability to give the first testimony, and therefore we listen to them, but Lemaisa, really, it's a novel idea that we're giving the second group the, uh, the upper hand over the first group. Why? He says the Gemara, to explain what we just said, the truth is, you have two witnesses against two witnesses. My Why are you relying on the second group? Listen to the first group. But the Torah says, you don't listen to the second group. And therefore, therefore, When's the Chiddush? When did the Chiddush happen? Wednesday. On Wednesday, they were made Zoyimimim. Wednesday, they're made Zoyimimim. Aye, about a Sunday testimony. Okay, but only on Wednesday does the Chiddush start. Only, and therefore, the Monday testimony is going to be accepted. He could army to those who say, Really? Rava, who says, From here on forth, will agree with Abaye that it's retroactive. Listen to this. So then what's he arguing about? <laughs> so why is he here to say anything? If he's agreeing, why is he disagreeing? Over here, what's the reason for Rava in, the, in our case, top of tomorrow's daf, that it's the difference is, because it's going to cause, it's going to cause a loss to the buyers. What does that mean? See, there's going to be times where, let's say, see, he, he says you're going to end up with a societal problem. What's the problem? Ruvain and Shimon testify that somebody stole Matzi Shabbos, Parshas Ve'ira. Now, what, what if they, the Zaymim only come across later? In the meantime, these two guys were asked to sign on financial documents, on loans, on things, the co-signers. The whole thing's going to be out the window now. You're going to mess up Stifra says, Rava, in this case specifically, we're going to say it's Mikanu Lahab. It's going to be, we're going to say it's from, uh, it's from uh, here on forth. Okay. My Benayu. What's a, what's a Nafkamino? What's the difference between uh, how we understand Rava? The difference is going to be if two witnesses testify against one mm-hmm. witness and two other witnesses testify against the other witness. So both of the original witnesses made into Eitzaymim, but separately. Inami, or you could say, um, the second group passed up the first group because the first group um, didn't say that the first, the, the, the second group didn't say the first one was Zayman, they said that these guys are Ganavim. They, they, they were robbers, they stole, and therefore they're puzzled to give Edus in the first place. And therefore, according to the reasoning which we gave, that it's a, you know, that it's only Mikano Lahaba because it's a novel idea and you can only start from the time of the Chiddush, which is Wednesday. So that doesn't apply over here. However, we're concerned about a financial loss to people in case they signed on in, in the meantime as witnesses. We still have this problem because even though they were busted up, one at a time. Amar Virmi Difti, Avad Rafapa Ubdo Kabase the Rava, Ravasha Amar Hilksukabah Rashi Amar Hilksukabase that by Machlaikas who we paskin like. It says the Gemara, and you should know here's the rule. And the Gemara in a number of places in Shas mentions this line. In general, whenever Abai and Rava, who were cousins, as we know, they were cousins, they had a lot of machlaiks in, in halacha. Whenever they argue, <clears throat> we always paskin like Rava except for six of their arguments, where we follow Abaye. Where do we follow Abaye? By the case of Yud, by the case of Ayin, by the case of Lamed, by the case of Kuf, by the case of Gimel, 
and by the case of Mem. Okay, what is this talking about? What are these six cases where we paskin like Abaye? So the uh, case number one, Yud, is by Yishlamidas, which is that you, only, you can only keep something that the owner gave up hope on. Okay? Abaye says it needs to be real giving up hope. Rava says even if he didn't actually give up hope, if you know in the future he'll give up hope, it's okay. We, and we don't pass like that. We pass like Abaye. The only time you can keep a lost object without a sign. If it has a sign, of course you have to return it. Without a sign, you, you still cannot keep it if there's a chance the owner has not yet abandoned it. He may not know about it. Ayin is by Eidzaimim, which is our case over here. The Lamid is the case of Lechi Ayin Me'elav. We know what to put up a, uh, an Eruv or a, a Mavoy. So there's times you have to set up a Lechi, a post that's there. And uh, the question is, is Machlech is whether or not the post has to be put up for the sake of the Eruv or whether it could be a pre-existing post. Bipassan could be a pre-existing post. The gimel is gilei daita beget um, is uh, is if a husband reveals what he meant after a get was sent. So um, something that the husband said to somebody else, whether we'll take that into account or not, is machlekes. Um, the case of I skipped the kuf. I'm sorry. The kuf was kedushin shleinimsuru labia. What happens if you have an act of kedushin that does not allow? the husband to be together. Is it a valid kedushin at or not? So for example, if you marry a woman and then you walk over to her, um, I'm sorry, yeah, you, you, you walk over to a woman, no, I didn't say, I'm sorry, you walk over to an, it's a, uh, you walk over to a, uh, an agent, I'm sorry, an agent, a shliach, comes over to somebody and he says, I'm here to accept marriage for the Tendler family. So the person says, okay, here's money for the Tendler girls. Are you married? No, because you can't live with any of the Tendler girls because they might all be the sister of your wife. Okay? So any marriage that you do that doesn't give you the capabilities of living together as husband and wife is not a, uh, is not a kosher marriage. And also, mem is a fascinating machlekes about what's considered a mummer, uh, 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 rebel against HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Is a mummer, do you need to be a mummer lahachis? You did it on purpose, in defiance of Hashem? Or is it a mummer l'teyavan, even if somebody did it out of, um, out of uh, desire at a taiva, what do you consider somebody a mummer? And a mummer loses his status as well, you know, about the testimony and times where, where uh, there's a lot of halachas if somebody rebels against Hashem, how to handle their property or their wine and things of that sort. So that's another machlekes between Abai and Rava. And in these situations, we follow, we follow Abai. In all other situations, we follow like Rava. We'll hold it here for today. Agit Avach. And Bezrem tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Zagibem